This year, Peloton is gifting you their best offer of the season. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Shop from a variety of accessories such as cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, and more. Whether you have 10 minutes to spare for a strength class or 30 minutes for a running or cycling class, there's a workout that works for you with music that is truly iconic. So don't miss out on Peloton's best offer of the season. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hi, my name is Zach, and together with Wikipedia, I'll help you fall asleep. Get cozy and relax. I'll read out loud to you. Today, monarchy of the United Kingdom. A kingdom emerging after Viking raids. The monarchy of the United Kingdom, commonly referred to as the British monarchy, is the constitutional form of government by which a hereditary sovereign reigns as the head of states of the United Kingdom, the Crown Dependencies, and the British Overseas Territories. The current monarch is King Charles III, who ascended the throne on September 8, 2022, upon the death of his mother, Queen Elizabeth II. The monarch and their immediate family undertake various official, ceremonial, diplomatic and representational duties. As the monarchy is constitutional, the monarch is limited to functions such as bestowing honours and appointing the Prime Minister, which are performed in a non-partisan manner. The monarch is also head of the British Armed Forces. Though the ultimate executive authority over the government is still formally by and through the royal prerogative, these powers may only be used according to laws enacted in Parliament and, in practice, within the constraints of convention and precedent. The government of the United Kingdom is known as His Majesty's Government. The British monarchy traces its origins from the petty kingdoms of Anglo-Saxon England and early medieval Scotland, which consolidated into the kingdoms of England and Scotland by the 10th century. England was conquered by the Normans in 1066, after which Wales also gradually came under the control of Anglo-Normans. The process was completed in the 13th century, when the Principality of Wales became a client state of the English Kingdom. Meanwhile, Magna Carta began the process of reducing the English monarch's political powers. From 1603, the English and Scottish kingdoms were ruled by a single sovereign. From 1649 to 1660, the tradition of monarchy was broken by the Republican Commonwealth of England, which followed the wars of the three kingdoms. Following the installation of William and Mary as co-monarchs in the Glorious Revolution, the Bill of Rights of 1689 and its Scottish counterpart the Claim of Right Act 1689 further curtailed the power of the monarchy and excluded Roman Catholics from succession to the throne. In 1707, 
the kingdoms of England and Scotland were merged to create the Kingdom of Great Britain, and in 1801, the Kingdom of Ireland joined to create the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. The British monarch was the nominal head of the vast British Empire, which covered a quarter of the world's land area at its greatest extent in 1921. The Balfour Declaration of 1926 recognised the evolution of the dominions of the empire into separate self-governing countries within a commonwealth of nations. In the years after the Second World War, the vast majority of British colonies and territories became independent, effectively bringing the empire to an end. George VI and his successors Elizabeth II and Charles III adopted the title Head of the Commonwealth as a symbol of the free association of its independent member states. The United Kingdom and 14 other independent sovereign states that share the same person as their monarch are called Commonwealth realms. Although the monarch is shared, each country is sovereign and independent of the others, and the monarch has a different, specific and official national title and style for each realm. Although the term is rarely used today, the 15 Commonwealth realms are in personal union. Constitutional Role In the uncodified constitution of the United Kingdom, the monarch is the head of the state. The monarch's image is used to signify British sovereignty and government authority. Their profile, for instance, appears on currency and their portrait in government buildings. The sovereign is further both mentioned in and the subject of songs, loyal toasts and salutes. God Save the King is a British national anthem. Oaths of allegiance are made to the sovereign and their lawful successors. The monarch takes little direct part in government. The authority to use the sovereign's formal powers is almost all delegated, either by statute or by convention, to ministers or officers of the crown or other public bodies. Thus the acts of state done in the name of the crown, such as crown appointments, even if personally performed by the monarch, such as the king's speech and the state opening of parliament, depend upon decisions made elsewhere. Legislative power is exercised by the king in parliament by and with the advice and consent of the House of Lords and the House of Commons. Executive power is exercised by His Majesty's government, which comprises ministers, primarily the Prime Minister and the Cabinet, which is technically a committee of the Privy Council. They have the direction of the armed forces of the Crown, the civil service, and other Crown servants such as the diplomatic and secret services. Judicial power is vested in the various judiciaries of the United Kingdom, who by constitution and statute have judicial independence of the government. The Church of England, of which the sovereign is the titular head, has its own legislative, judicial and executive structures. Powers independent of government are legally granted to other bodies by statute or statutory instrument, such as an order in council, royal commission or otherwise. The sovereign's role as a constitutional monarch 
is largely limited to non-partisan functions such as granting honours. This role has been recognised since the 19th century. The constitutional writer Walter Badgett identified the monarchy in 1867 as the dignified part rather than the efficient part of government. Royal Prerogative That part of the government's executive authority, which remains theoretically and nominally vested in the sovereign, is known as the Royal Prerogative. The monarch acts within the constraints of convention and precedent, exercising prerogative only on the advice of ministers responsible to Parliament, often through the Prime Minister or Privy Council. In practice, prerogative powers are exercised only on the Prime Minister's advice. The Prime Minister, and not the Sovereign, has control. The monarch holds a weekly audience with the Prime Minister. No records of these audiences are taken and the proceedings remain fully confidential. The monarch may express his or her views, but as a constitutional ruler must ultimately accept the decisions of the Prime Minister and Cabinet, who by definition enjoy the confidence of the House of Commons. In Badgett's words, the Sovereign has, under a constitutional monarchy, three rights. The right to be consulted, the right to encourage, the right to warn. Although the royal prerogative is extensive and parliamentary approval is not formally required for its exercise, it is limited. Many crown prerogatives have fallen out of use or have been permanently transferred to Parliament. For example, the sovereign cannot impose and collect new taxes. Such an action requires the authorization of an Act of Parliament. According to a parliamentary report, the Crown cannot invent new prerogative powers, and Parliament can override any prerogative power by passing legislation. The Royal Prerogative includes the powers to appoint and dismiss ministers, regulate the civil service, issue passports, declare war, make peace, direct the actions of the military and negotiate and ratify treaties, alliances, and international agreements. However, a treaty cannot alter the domestic laws of the United Kingdom. An Act of Parliament is necessary in such cases. The Sovereign is the head of the armed forces, and accredits British High Commissioners and Ambassadors, and receives heads of missions from foreign states. History of the English Monarchy Following the Viking raids and settlements in the 9th century, the Anglo-Saxon Kingdom of Wessex emerged as the dominant English kingdom. Alfred the Great secured Wessex, achieved dominance over Western Mercia, and assumed the title King of the English. His grandson, Ethelstan, was the first king to rule over a United Kingdom, roughly corresponding to the present borders of England though its constituent parts retained strong regional identities. The 11th century saw England become more stable, despite a number of wars with the Danes, which resulted in a Danish monarchy for one generation. The conquest of England in 1066 by William, Duke of Normandy, was crucial in terms of both political and social change. 
the new monarch continued the centralization of power begun in the Anglo-Saxon period, while the feudal system continued to develop. William was succeeded by two of his sons, William II, then Henry I. Henry made a controversial decision to name his daughter Matilda as his heir. Following Henry's death in 1135, one of William I's grandsons, Stephen, laid claim to the throne and took power with the support of most of the barons. Matilda challenged his reign. As a result, England descended into a period of disorder known as the Anarchy. Stephen maintained a precarious hold on power, but agreed to a compromise under which Matilda's son Henry would succeed him. Henry accordingly became the first Angevin king of England and the first monarch of the Plantagenet dynasty, as Henry II in 1154. The reigns of most of the Angevin monarchs were marred by civil strife and conflicts between the monarch and the nobility. Henry II faced rebellions from his own sons, including the future monarchs Richard I and John, but nevertheless managed to expand his kingdom, forming what is retrospectively known as the Angevin Empire. Upon Henry's death, his eldest surviving legitimate son Richard succeeded to the throne. Richard was absent from England for most of his reign, for he left to fight in the Crusades. He was killed whilst besieging a castle. John succeeded him. John's reign was marked by conflict with the barons, particularly over the limits of royal power. In 1215, the barons coerced the king into issuing Magna Carta to guarantee the rights and liberties of the nobility. Soon afterward, further disagreements plunged England into a civil war known as the First Barons' War. The war came to an abrupt end after John died in 1216, leaving the crown to his nine-year-old son, Henry III. Later in Henry's reign, Simon de Montfort led the barons in another rebellion, beginning the Second Barons' War. The war ended in a clear royalist victory and in the death of many rebels, but not before the king had agreed to summon a parliament in 1265. The next monarch, Edward Longshanks, was far more successful in maintaining royal power and responsible for the conquest of Wales. He attempted to establish English domination of Scotland. However, gains in Scotland were reversed during the reign of his successor, Edward II, who also faced conflict with the nobility. In 1311, Edward II was forced to relinquish many of his powers to a committee of baronial ordainers. However, military victories helped him regain control in 1322. Nevertheless, in 1327, Edward was deposed by his wife Isabella. His 14-year-old son became Edward III. Edward III claimed the French crown, setting off the Hundred Years' War between England and France. His campaigns conquered much French territory, but by 1374 all the gains had been lost. Edward's reign was also marked by the further development of Parliament, which came to be divided into two houses. He died in 1377, 
leaving the crown to his ten-year-old grandson, Richard II. Like many of his predecessors, Richard II conflicted with the nobles by attempting to concentrate power in his own hands. In 1399, while he was campaigning in Ireland, his cousin Henry Bolingbroke seized power. Richard was deposed, imprisoned, and eventually murdered, probably by starvation, and Henry became king as Henry IV. Henry IV was the grandson of Edward III and the son of John of Gaunt, Duke of Lancaster. Hence, his dynasty was known as the House of Lancaster. For most of his reign, Henry IV was forced to fight off plots and rebellions. His success was partly due to the military skill of his son, the future Henry V. Henry V's own reign, which began in 1413, was largely free from domestic strife leaving the king free to pursue the Hundred Years' War in France. Although he was victorious, his sudden death in 1422 left his infant son Henry VI on the throne and gave the French an opportunity to overthrow English rule. The unpopularity of Henry VI's councillors and his consort, Margaret of Anjou, as well as his own ineffectual leadership, led to the weakening of the House of Lancaster, the Lancastrians faced a challenge from the House of York, so-called because its head, a descendant of Edward III, was Richard, Duke of York, who was at odds with the Queen. Although the Duke of York died in battle in 1460, his eldest son, Edward IV, led the Yorkists to victory in 1461, overthrowing Henry VI and Margaret of Anjou. Edward IV was constantly at odds with the Lancastrians and his own councillors after his marriage to Elizabeth Woodville with a brief return to power for Henry VI. Edward IV prevailed, winning back the throne at Barnet and killing the Lancastrian heir Edward of Westminster at Tewkesbury. Although he captured Margaret of Anjou, eventually sending her into exile, but not before killing Henry VI, while he was held prisoner, in the Tower. The Wars of the Roses nevertheless continued intermittently during his reign and those of his son Edward V and brother Richard III. Edward V disappeared, presumably murdered by Richard. Ultimately, the conflict culminated in success for the Lancastrian branch led by Henry Tudor, 1485, when Richard III was killed in the Battle of Bosworth Field. King Henry VII then neutralized the remaining Yorkist forces, partly by marrying Elizabeth of York, a Yorkist heir. Through skill and ability, Henry re-established absolute supremacy in the realm, and the conflicts with the nobility that had plagued previous monarchs came to an end. The reign of the second Tudor king, Henry VIII, was one of great political change. Religious upheaval and disputes with the Pope and the fact that his marriage to Catherine of Aragon produced only one surviving child, a daughter, led the monarch to break from the Roman Catholic Church, and to establish the Church of England, and divorce his wife to marry Anne Boleyn. Wales, which had been conquered centuries earlier, but had remained a separate dominion, was annexed to England under the Laws in Wales Acts 1535 and 1542. 
Henry VIII's son and successor, the young Edward VI, continued with further religious reforms, but his early death in 1553 precipitated a succession crisis. He was wary of allowing his Catholic elder half-sister Mary I to succeed, and therefore drew up a will designating Lady Jane Grey as his heiress. Jane's reign, however, lasted only nine days. With tremendous popular support, Mary deposed her and declared herself the lawful sovereign. Mary I married Philip of Spain, who was declared king and co-ruler. He pursued disastrous wars in France, and she attempted to return England to Roman Catholicism, burning Protestants at the stakes as heretics in the process. Upon her death in 1558, the pair were succeeded by her Protestant half-sister Elizabeth I. England returned to Protestantism and continued its growth into a major world power by building its navy and exploring the New World. Hey, still awake? If you like this podcast, please hit subscribe and leave a rating in your podcast app. The podcast is available under Creative Commons Attribution. This podcast is produced and edited by Shonline Media. Read by me, Zach.